Welcome everyone to the Snap Fitness Maitland podcast. I hope you're having a great day. I am Cameron Russell, the owner of Snap Fitness Maitland. On today's podcast, episode number four, we speak to personal trainer Sophie. In the chat, we talk about uh, national gymnastics competing at that level. We talk about eating as many wheat picks as you can in one day. And we also talk about training through dark times and dark days and negative um, self-body image. If you like and enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends, take a screenshot, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram, rate it and review it. That would be greatly appreciated. Let's dive right in. Three, two, one, and we're live. Sophie D'Amico, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Guys, it's Cameron here. And Demi. And Sophie. Soph, welcome. So, Soph, I uh, just had a quick look. You're one of the trainers in the gym here. You've been a personal trainer for the last around 12 months, would you say? Yep, yep. So, I've been doing one-on-one PT for the last one year and then I was doing group training. So, I did my Cert 3 a year before that. So, I've been group training for like two years now. Yeah, nice because I remember you did tell me that you were studying your Certificate 3 and 4 in fitness because I just had a quick look in my uh, due diligence and my research that I do for all these podcasts, uh, that you've been a member at the gym for over five years now? Yes, I have. I joined five years ago after I um, I dabbled in some training at my uni gym and I enjoyed it. Uh, met some friends that were um, a member here at the time and then they, which one of them is my partner now. And then, yeah, I joined and the rest is history. So, did you meet your partner here in Snap Fitness or at the uni gym? No. So, I met him before Snap Fitness, but he was a member here and encouraged me to join. He wanted to get to know me. He encouraged you to join, but I believe he actually doesn't attend that often anymore. Is that right? That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) So, he has been an inactive member for probably the past two years. So, yeah, he catfished me into thinking like, you know, he was, you know, into the gym whatnot. But no, he's got a busy workplace now. He's a roofer. So, he thinks he does enough hard work in his busy hours at work. But I've been getting him here on the weekends. But so. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know as trainers, we hear it all the time that, um, you know, I don't have enough time or whatever I'm doing at work is enough. I, I walk a lot or I, you know, I'm a, a laborer and I'm doing heavy lifting. So, so what's your thoughts on, on that? Like, you know, do you believe that he should get to the gym or do you believe people out there should get to the gym, make the time for them to, you know, do some physical activity, but not just for, you know, work related, but also for their own mental state too? 110%. I give him the hard words all the time. No, I try, but, you know, trying very hard to get him in here. I actually have had him in here the last three weeks on Saturdays and Sundays working on his motivation because he's the kind of person that he starts for two weeks, doesn't see any results in the first two weeks, and then he decides to quit. So he's just one of those people. Yeah, yeah. But I'm slowly getting him into it. Getting him comfortable in here is probably the main thing. Yeah. Because I he knows I lift more than him, so that's why he doesn't like coming with me. Uh, yeah, well, if you're outshining him, that's probably why he doesn't come. Um, so if you mentioned that you you're at uni, so did you study at university or you're just going to the gym down there? I studied at university. So coming out of high school, I always wanted to work with animals. 
Um, I first did some veterinary nursing, so I went to TAFE and did that. Um, worked in that field for a couple of years, um, but I always knew that I was hungry for more, which is always me. I've always been like that. And so I decided to go to uni, um, originally to do veterinary science, but um, after finding out the hex debt that that one accumulates, I decided to <laughs> um, go a different path. And so I actually enrolled in zoology. And yeah, I did that for four years. So did you ever work in a zoo? Yes, I worked at Australian Reptile Park. Um, Is that only on, on the Central Coast, that one? Yeah, yeah, that one. I worked in the reptile section um, just for a couple of years while I was – I didn't have to do it while I was studying, but I just chose to. But obviously, zoology isn't to work in a zoo. I was more down the research field of it. So I just – I was just working at the zoo just for fun. That was my fun day. So what is zoology then? What is it? So basically working with animals right down from the smallest thing to like a starfish right up to elephants, basically working on their like physiology, ecology, all that kind of thing. I wanted to go into down into the conservation side of things. Yeah, nice. Very interesting. A zoologist turned personal trainer and you're also a, a barista. Talk to us about that. Yes, that's correct. Um, that's been my side hustle for <laughs> 10 years now. So I've made been making coffee for 10 years. So you could guess, I guess you could say I'm pretty good at it by now. Is it good coffee? I don't know. Is it? You guys have tried it. <laughs> yes, we often do come over and whenever Sof's working, we will go over and we'll give uh, Soul Origin a, a little plug in Green Hills. Uh, they do produce some good coffee. Uh, so thank you for all those. And so, what sort of uh, coffee do you drink and do you even drink coffee? I hate coffee. I can't drink any form of caffeine. And <laughs> the last time I had any form of caffeine was some pre-workout. I had half a scoop and I didn't sleep for two days straight. So, <laughs> yes, I, I, do, I do remember that. Um, so, so, obviously, you know, a bit of an adventure and a um, ladder you've climbed so you've gone from you know zoology how'd you get how'd you get into PT from zoology like how'd that eventually well my interest first sparked while I was in university because I did a couple of human physiology classes um, met a couple of people that were doing exercise physiology as well um, kind of you know enjoyed what they were talking about and that's what kind of you know made me join a gym for one because I'd never been in a gym before so um, yeah, I tried out the gym there and then I ended up coming here and, you know, I went through some highs and lows after university and um, during that time when I was training here, I was only training for like a negative aspect. I wasn't in a very good headspace. Um, I was training more as though a punishment as something to make me feel good. Can you elaborate on that? Because you said you, you're training to punish yourself. Um, what do you mean by that? And, and the physical activity, was that a release for you? Was it like a stress release? Because I know many people will do boxing and they really think it's, you know, a, a massive stress relief, ask for a stressful day at work, you know, after a stressful day, uh, with, you know, family relationships, everything like that, maybe a stressful boss, people do like to come and exert, you know, exhaustion and, and hit something and, you know, boxing is a great one for that. I know many people do our boxing class 
um, on Wednesday nights and they do really, really enjoy the feeling after it because it's something that you don't generally do. So 100%, I get that feeling now when I train, the stress relief side of things. But back then, it was actually even a form of my stress. So um, when I say I was in a negative headspace, I had a really negative image of my body, um, nutrition. Yeah, just, yeah, I just wasn't looking at myself and being very kind myself. So yeah, I always saw it as a form of punishment for what I've eaten and yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff you know, just all the negative side of things until I started dabbling in some weight training. And that's when I kind of, you know, got a bit stronger. Um, I started to feel good after my training and yeah, something literally just clicked in my head and I just, you know, started enjoying myself at the gym. And that kind of drove me to want to change myself and change my mindset through my training. So I actually won a PT pack with Adrian and he helped me out quite a lot, you know, with my nutrition and, you know, helping me lift heavier, you know, finding a love for training again. And from there, like I gained some healthy weight, you know, I love my training now. I train five days a week, would never go out without it. That's my, not even just release, like that's my hobby now. Yeah. Training is my hobby. Could you pinpoint a, a, a crucial turning point um, back then when you were going through that? Uh, that's what's really turned you. You did mention a personal training pack with Adrian. Was there any sort of time frame or anything that you did that really kind of pivoted you out of that and you really started to enjoy it? Yes, because I think like this is super important obviously for a lot of like listeners or people in the gym to hear because obviously people get caught up a lot in the exact same thing, like that negative body image. You know, we get stuck on social media and, you know, comparing ourselves, we're harsh on ourselves. So I think, yeah, is that what, what was the turning point or what kind of clicked inside you? Well, it was kind of just the feeling that I was getting. So, you know, I was using – the exercise as that form of punishment and I was coming in here and I was literally dreading coming like I was just on the treadmills watching the calories that I'd burnt go up and up and up and up until I was literally so burnt out to the point where I hated coming couldn't sleep I lost so much weight as well I just had no energy it, I was just I felt so run down and so shit and I didn't want to feel like that anymore. That's why I started doing my research, you know, asking a few people what kind of training they do. And then that's when a few people have told me to, you know, try doing a bit of weights, you know, don't do something you hate, you know, try something, try something different. So, yeah, try something different. Is that what it was when you kind of, you went from, you know, lugging out the, the calories, as you said, on the treadmill, you know, and now you tried some weights, which was some sort of different form of training. Uh, and that kind of pivoted you away and you really started to enjoy it more. Is that what you'd say? Yeah, exactly right. So I had no idea that I would enjoy weights. I just decided to try it because someone had merely just mentioned it to me and I thought, you know, it's worth a try because anything is better than what I'm doing at the moment. You know, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I want to feel, you know, I saw so many people feeling great about their training and like saying that it was a stress relief for them and that they felt so good and so energized and I wanted to chase that feeling as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think obviously a lot of people get caught in that mindset of thinking or, you know, they started at the gym and they just get set on, you know, wanting to lose weight. So they've got to do cardio. And, you know, I think obviously it's so important that 
you know, you do something that you do enjoy. So we're more so I was I'll ask you a question to do with like how did that get you into PT and you know how does how do you approach now your clients and with with that mindset? Well, I always like to ask them what type of training they do enjoy and if they tell me they hate running on the treadmill, for example, I say to them why do it? You don't have to do something that you hate, you know, find something that you do, you know, enjoy. It doesn't have to be something that you love and that you're like, yippee, yeah, I get to come do this today. But just find something that you're not dreading, you know, like, and you will find it. You just got to dabble in a few things, you know, be open to trying new things as well. And then, yeah, so how do you take that into, you know, your PT, your PT clients? And then, you know, obviously you took yourself from dark days that you didn't enjoy the gym at all versus going to doing weights and starting to enjoy it more and more and more. Um, before we get on to that, I just want to quickly ask how long were you feeling in your dark, dark days or you weren't enjoying yourself? How long was that period? Was it a month? Was it six months? Was it 12 months? Because I know when people come and join the gym, I'll always ask them, how long have you been thinking about this? Some people say a month. Some people say three months. Some people say two and a half years. Uh, and I'm like, really, you've been thinking about this for two and a half years or, and feeling like this for two and a half years? And some people do. It's just like it's a catalyst to get them out. And that's what I'm really intrigued about. So it was probably a year that I was really in my dark days in my training, a whole year that I went just coming in here and, you know, slugging it out on the treadmill until I, you know, decided to do a little something different. And that's ultimately what sparked me to be a PT as well because I I wanted people to feel the way I felt about training. I see so many people like, you know, my partner included, you know, hating coming to the gym. It's such a chore, but it doesn't have to be a chore. Yeah, once you find, you know, find that little light, you know, grab it because it'll be worth it. And what do you say? So you've got obviously you train clients now um, and obviously they tell you, you know, what they like, what they don't like. Do you explain your story to them and say, look, you know, I felt like that. I did. I hated training for 12 months. But, you know, I just found something that I enjoyed a little bit more than the treadmill, which was weights, and went on from there. So, did you use your own experience to share with, with your clients? Yeah, 100%. So, whenever I have a new client in, I always ask them, you know, what their training looks like at the moment. And um, probably 80% of the time they tell me that all they do is they just jump on the bike or, you know, jump on the stairs or the elliptical for five minutes, but they're getting really bored. They're getting really bored with it. And I ask them, I say, have you ever tried anything else? You know, would you be open to trying a few new things and seeing if that, you know, helps out with your motivation as well, because you will feel like you want to come, you know, something a little bit different. Yeah, nice. So let's go back to younger Sophie. Um, obviously back in the day, you were just telling me, uh, when you're around 10 years old, were you 10 years old when you started to be a gymnast? Yeah, around, it was around nine or 10. Yeah. It was early primary school days. And you just said you got to level seven and then all those, uh, gymnast enthusiasts out there, uh, unlike me, I'm like, so what does level seven mean? And, uh, can you break that down and kind of, I know that you got to, a very reasonable and respectable level in the, in the gymnastics world. Let's touch slide on uh, your gymnastics experience. So basically it started off just like as a recreational thing, you know. I had a friend back in the day and she needed a friend to go with. So 
I was like, you know what, I'll come, I'll give it a go, give it a crack. I was really sporty as a kid, so, you know, I was always up for trying anything and I'm terrible at ball sports, so, you know, <laughs> can't do high jump either. <laughs> All of you that know me probably know why. Um, yeah, so I thought I'd Four try for 11. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought I'd give it a crack and, you know, my first week there and um, I was actually asked by one of the coaches there to just – start in you know proper artistic gymnastics and give it a crack so what's artistic gymnastics so you've got rhythmic gymnastics which is the one with all the ribbons and stuff and then you've got the artistic gymnasts who do the vault floor beam bars and out of those which one was your favorite i was mad at bars i was so good nobody could beat me really so so I know this, you got to level seven um, and I had to really drag this out of you. It's so state level, you competed at state level? Yeah, so I competed at state level for three years of those levels. So I obviously started at level one and then built up each level for eight, like pretty much. I got through level one, two and three pretty quick because they're easy as and then you start getting to the real good stuff at level four. And then, yeah. I want to touch base on that because it's it's interesting in – I think anything in regards to progression, everyone wants to see progression. If people are coming to the gym to lose weight, they want to see progression. They want to see the scales going down. Did the levels say one, two, three, four, five, however many they go to, going through each of those, did they really help your motivation to try and get to the next step, know what's required from level two to get to level three? Did that help you kind of stay motivated, stay on track, you know, follow the process to get to the journey of how, however high you want to go. Yeah, 100% because those milestones are ultimately what makes you feel good. I mean, it always feels good to win something and to get a little badge that says you've achieved it makes you hungrier for more as well. So, and I was always a really competitive kid. So that drove my motivation as well quite a bit. I guess we can probably compare that motivation and, you know, switch it back to the gym now. Like obviously a lot of people and, you know, why you enjoy strength is your progression in weights. And I know obviously at the moment you've got a kind of little goal in mind maybe for next year, 2020, um, and you've been focusing on some strength work stuff. Um, do you want to elaborate? I know you've been hitting some good numbers with some – um, squats, deads and benches. But, yeah, elaborate on your goal for 2020. Yeah, so my goal for 2020, um, I've been dabbling in a bit of powerlifting for probably the last oh, maybe a year and a half now. Um, Adrian is who probably introduced me to it the most. He taught me how to squat, bench and deadlift properly. So thanks, Adrian. And he sparked. I don't know if he's a powerlifter, but yep. <laughs> well, he taught me how those. And I've um, done a lot of re research myself, you know, surrounded myself with a few other people that um, enjoy similar things as well. And, yeah, so I've been wanting to do it for quite some time. But, you know, I always have that feeling, no, I'm not good enough, but I'm just going to go for it next year. Yeah, so what's what are you going to go for? My first powerlifting competition. Yes. So you just quickly mentioned that you, you know, you don't think you're good enough in that realm. And so what's holding you back, but all of a sudden you've decided to say, hey, look, 2020, I'm going to lock in a competition, look at the diary and then work towards it. So in your mind, obviously something's triggered saying, you know, I am good enough. I'm going to do the work to 
to get there and, and just follow the journey and not worry about the outcome of am I good enough, am I not good enough? So the reason I felt not good enough is because, you know, I've always watched, you know, the state level, you know, um, live streams and stuff like that and looked at them and seeing them pushing some pretty heavy numbers and I just instantly compare myself to them and think, no, nah, there's no way I can do that. But then one day I just thought, you know, like a couple of other people that I was talking to as well and thought, why compare yourself to other people? Just go in, have fun. It's your your first ever powerlifting competition. You haven't been in it for the very long. So just go in and see what happens. Yeah, great point. I mean, you went back to your gymnastics level one, two, and three. You didn't start at state level at gymnastics, did you? Definitely did not. So, you know, it's the same journey, you know, go through. Don't don't look at the state athletes. You know, you want to find a local competition to start with and then you go from a local competition into regionals, into state, into, you know, the powerlifting journey. I'm not 100% sure on, on that. But you have to think back, you know, you're uh, judging yourself on state-level athletes and not the ones where you, where you should start off with. Yeah, I think as well, touching on that, like obviously it's a good lesson for you, for yourself and also for your clients. Like obviously, you know, we're all here as role models and, you know, sometimes I guess members in the gym or clients don't do things because, you know, they're scared of, um, you know, that they'll fail or um, that they that they can't do it. Um, so I think that's an, that's an awesome um, little goal for you to tick off. Is there any other goals or anything you got coming up for 2020, Soph? Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Um, I mean, I just bought my house last year, so that's already ticked Ooh. off. Homeowner. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I won't be buying any more houses anytime soon. But no, I just um, knuckle down and save some money, you know. You, you say save money, but um, I just want to touch on your grocery bill um, every week. So every time I see Soph, if she's not with a client, she's either in the staff room or in the fridge, either eating or heating up something to eat. So you have a massive passion, like just like Demi for food, um, and I think you eat more food than Demi. I'd probably say that, yeah. <laughs> I do eat quite a lot of food. you got to feed the beast, you know. Um, <laughs> no, like, you know, coming from a restrictive background, like, you know, I used to see food as, you know, something so demonized and not, it wasn't something to enjoy. It was something, you know. Yeah, it was always a negative aspect of my life and when I changed like and turned my life around, you know, I found my love for food again, especially my wheat bix. Yeah, for sure. Wheat bix is definitely favorite food. I see you eating it every morning. What what, what would you say um I've got a little question for you. This might do your head in as much as it did for me. Um so if, if you had to eat one food every day for the rest of your life, every meal Every day, one meal or food, what, what would it be? That's a really hard question because obviously I eat so much volume during, during the day that I <laughs> it can't be wheat bix because, you know, I already eat 10 of those a day. So um, <laughs> I don't want to eat any more than that. I don't think my body could handle it. But, oh man, it's hard to say. But something that I have eaten every day for probably like, the past two, maybe three years, without fail, um, is oats mixed with maple syrup. 
and I think that is perfect. <laughs> so that would probably be my answer because it's not too like, you know, I wouldn't want anything spicy because I'd get like sick of it. Yeah. No, I think oats and maple syrup. Wow, that's an interesting one. I've yeah. one never tried it, and then two never thought that that could be a meal you could have all day, every day for the rest of your life. Um, so how how many times a day do you eat? And obviously, you're eating towards your goals, which is you know to to be stronger. Um, and you've been on a, a weight gaining journey over the last period of time. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So obviously, everyone's. Um, you know, goals are different and you need to eat according to your goals. So my goal for the last two years was to obviously gain some healthy weight to feel a bit better. Um, I went from being 49 kilos to probably around 63 at the moment. So it's been a big journey, um, lots of eating involved. Um, so yeah, I just make sure I eat lots of protein. Um, I actually track my macros. That's something that's helped me out quite a bit um, in my journey to make sure that I'm not going too overboard and gaining yeah. too much weight. Because you obviously, you don't just go and eat macros every day to gain weight, do you? So No, no. So I'm not dirty bulking in any way. I still, you know, I still follow a plan. I still eat mostly nutritious foods every day, but I like to follow an 80-20 rule. So pretty flexible. So 80% I eat you know, 80% of the day I eat really nutritious foods and then 20% of the day is my fun food. So I eat a Magnum every night and my oats and maple syrup. So, so obviously that's your fun foods. I like, I like that little balance and um, ratio, 80-20. Um, what, what would you say like your general day or like nutritious food looks like? What's your general day of food look like actually? Everyone would be I'm pr- pretty sure pretty interested by that. Talk us through what you're eating today. Okay, so I mean, it usually changes changes depending on like when I'm home. So sometimes I have breakfast for dinner, so it's all over the shop. But generally, my meals look like so: I'll have eggs, avocado, and feta on toast. That'll be my brekkie. Um, for snack, my first snack, I usually have fruit and some yogurt. Then I have lunch, which could be anything from pasta, lasagna, stir fry, chum in, lots of different things. Um, then for my afternoon snack, I usually have my <laughs> massive pile of wheat bix. How many wheat bix? Um, usually around 10. That's my limit now. I was going upwards to 15, but that wasn't making my belly feel very good after. <laughs> so <laughs> I've stuck to 10 now. Um And then, yeah, then I head to dinner. So, usually the same thing. I have some sort of, you know, meat and veg or, you know, pasta, lasagna, obviously a healthier version. Um, But, yeah, like heaps of different things that I eat. And then I have my dessert, which is my oats and maple syrup and an ice cream. Wow. Uh, I feel full just listening to that. So, if you, there's a lot of Italian food in there. Do you have an Italian background or heritage? I surely do. So, which side of the family does that come from? So, my dad is Italian. So, yeah, that's where I get my tan skin from. Just joking. I should be tan, but I'm not. <laughs> cool. Let's just touch on family uh, now. Uh, Mum and dad, um, did you grow up in the Maitland area? Uh, Mum and dad, brothers and sisters? Yeah, so I grew up um, in the Maitland area. Um, so I have one brother 
and I have two sisters. And I'm the youngest. You're the youngest? Yes, I'm the baby. You're the baby. How old are your brother and sister? So they're all over 30 years old now. I'm 27. Yeah. Yeah, Cool. And do you speak to mum and dad often, see them? Oh, yeah, all the time. I have a weekly dinner with mum and dad. And I also share custody with my dog since I moved out with them. So I see them every time for pick up and drop off. And out of the family, you do always mention one of the favourites is your nan. Oh, yeah. I love my nana. (laughs) Talk to us about your nan. How old is she? And what's your relationship like with her? Yeah, so I have my nana and then also my pop as well. They're great people. Their nan's a little bit of a fry cracker. Um, yeah, I love them. I see them all the time. Um, I like to go over and have a chat to them, listen to their stories. They've always got good stories. And I have my nonna as well who makes mad pasta feeds for me. You're probably around there every day then. Um, so if I just want to... You know, if people want to reach out, um, talk to you about training, uh, talk to you about personal training, where can they find you, reach out to you, get get in touch with you? So, obviously, you can find me in the gym. I'm in here pretty often. Or if you're looking on the socials, you can find me on my Instagram, Sophie D'Amico Fitness, where you can send me a message there. Or I also have a Facebook page under the same name. Awesome. And have you got a little tip for everyone out there in the world of fitness, any sort of fitness tip, nutrition tip to sign off with? Pretty much just, oh man, there's so much I could say. (laughs) No, it's like to just, you know, stop thinking that you have to be 100% all the time. Like that's that's where I went wrong when I first started off. I thought I had to be 100% on and good all of the time, both with my training and nutrition. And it's not the way to go. It's not not a healthy lifestyle. Think about 80%. 80% of the time, you know, hit your training, hit your nutrition really good, but still allow those 20% of the time to go out and have fun too. Awesome. So the 80-20 rule. Yes, yes, 80-20 always. So, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast and that's the wrap, guys.